Good morning, brothers and sisters. I greet you in the name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. It is truly a great privilege for me to preach here in my home church and extra special that I'm preaching here in the sanctuary uh, and extra, extra special that I'm preaching here at the 9.30 a.m. service where I normally attend, uh, seated somewhere in that corner. <laughs> I'd like to thank uh, Pastor Ray, the pastor in charge, for designating this weekend as Trinity Theological College weekend. On behalf of the college, I express our deep gratitude for the strong and unwavering support that Wesley has shown to the ministry of TTC over the years. Our college celebrates her 75th anniversary this year. Some of you know the story. When the Japanese occupied Singapore during the Second World War, they incarcerated our church leaders. And at Changi Prison, the church leaders had a lot of time to talk to one another. And they resolved that after the war ended, they would work together to set up a seminary to train future generations of church leaders in Singapore. And in 1948, three years after the war ended, these church leaders kept their promise and Trinity Theological College was born. Over the past 75 years, by God's grace, we have trained generations of men and women for Christian ministry. Some serve as pastors, some as missionaries, some as workers in church and parachurch organizations. And in recent years, we have also focused on the training of lay people. That means uh, those of us who are not really going to full-time ministry, but who want to know how to serve God better in our secular workplaces. There's something for all of us at TTC, so can I please encourage you to visit our website to find out more. The passage that we are looking at today is Hebrews chapter 2, verses 10 to 18. The letter to Hebrews chapter 2, verses 10 to 18. Let us listen to the word of God. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, from whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their, their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters. In the assembly, I will sing your praises. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, he says, here I am and the children God has given me. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. That is the devil and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, 
in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Dear God, our Heavenly Father, may you please guide us this morning by your word and your Holy Spirit, that in your light, Lord, we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover your peace for us. We ask this in the name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. The title of my sermon this morning is a short one, Not a Shame. It is taken from verse 11 of our passage which says, Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. What does this verse refer to when it speaks about Jesus calling us brothers and sisters? It is actually talking about what we Christians call the Incarnation. That event on that very first Christmas Day more than 2,000 years ago, when Jesus became a human being and was born as a baby in that manger in Bethlehem. The Incarnation refers to Jesus coming down to our level and identifying himself as our peer because brothers and sisters refer to people on the same level as on the hierarchy. So Hebrews 2 tells us that Jesus on that first Christmas day became a human being exactly like us and he was not ashamed of it. While our passage makes it clear that Jesus is not ashamed of calling us brothers and sisters, I want to boldly suggest that actually Jesus had good reasons to be ashamed. He had, in fact, two major reasons to be ashamed. Firstly, because of who he is, and secondly, because of who we are. Let us look first at who Jesus is. The letter to the Hebrews is well known for beginning with a bang. If you look at the opening of this letter, there are no salutations, there are no introductory words, and the writer immediately makes a resounding declaration of who Jesus is. Hebrews declares who Jesus is by comparing him to God's angels. We know from the Bible that angels are very awesome creatures. They are heavenly beings that are far more powerful than any of us earthly creatures. When an angel is sent to carry out God's judgment, a single angel is powerful enough to bring to ruin an entire human city. 
When angels appear to human beings in their glory, we read of people falling down to the ground, trembling, you know. And some of us are even tempted to worship angels because they are so glorious. Angels are the greatest of God's creatures, the most glorious, the most formidable, the most awe-inspiring. But great as angels are, the letter to the Hebrews tells us that Jesus is incomparably greater than them. This is a bit strange. How could Jesus be superior to the greatest of all of God's creatures? The answer is actually very simple. Jesus is not a creature at all. Jesus is not a being who is created by God. Rather, Jesus is God himself. As the opening chapter of Hebrews tells us, it is the angels who worship Jesus as their Lord and their Creator. Jesus is the Almighty God, the second member of the Holy Trinity, the Creator and Sustainer of all things in heaven and on earth. My friends, if we truly know who Jesus is, we begin to realize that he has actually very good reasons to be ashamed to call us brothers and sisters. How could this glorious, almighty and eternal God come down to our level, the level of a creature? And not just any creature, but this species called human beings. Let us now turn our attention to examine more closely this particular species. Let us look at who we are. The Bible says that human beings were made from the dust of the ground. Okay, we were made from the earth, okay, from the mud. Okay. And in truth, we are earth creatures weak and lowly. A shocking thing happened when we weak and lowly earth creatures decided to rebel against our Creator. We repaid God's grace to us by spitting into His face and by turning away from Him. We can imagine the other creatures in heaven and earth looking on in utter shock and horror at what we have done. Human beings are truly the disgraced species of creatures. We are famous, we are notorious throughout heaven and earth for our ingratitude and for our stupidity. As fallen creatures, we enter a life of vulnerability and suffering. And all of us know how physically vulnerable we are, how weak we are physically. Other creatures can attack us and do us harm. Even microorganisms like bacteria and viruses can enter into our bodies and kill us, as we well know. In the end, all of us have to face the reality 
of death as our breath expires and our body ends up stiff and cold. But we are not only physically vulnerable, we are also weak emotionally. When the stresses of life come, when the expectations of others cannot be met, we enter into this emotional turmoil and when the pain becomes unbearable, we find that all we can do is just scream in utter anguish. We are so weak emotionally. But that is not all. We are not just weak physically and emotionally. We are also vulnerable spiritually. We face so many temptations and so often we just give in. And the Bible says, because we keep falling into sin, we have become the slaves of sin. We are conquered by our obsessions. We have unhealthy thought patterns. We are trapped in our addictions. We are truly not in control of our lives. We are so vulnerable spiritually and Satan has taken advantage and come to rule over us. My friends, are there reasons for Jesus to be ashamed to call us his brothers and sisters? If we truly know who Jesus is, and if we truly know who we human beings are, we have to say that Jesus has very good reasons to be ashamed. That he actually should have been very ashamed to call us his brothers and sisters. But our passage from Hebrews 2 tells us the amazing news that Jesus is not ashamed. How could this glorious, almighty and eternal God not be ashamed to identify himself with this vulnerable, disgrace and suffering human species? My friends, Jesus is not ashamed because he loves us. He loves us so much that his entire focus he was just looking at our predicament, at our need, rather than looking at his own exalted status, how far we are beneath him, how unworthy we are. He loves us so much that he was not willing to leave us in our dire situation, although we were the ones who had turned away from him. He loves us so much that he was willing to identify himself with us. To come down to our level, to be with us as one of us, so that we can be restored to who we were meant to be. And so, my friends, Jesus is not ashamed, even though his incarnation involved this condescension and humiliation the extent of which I think we will never fully understand. And the rest of our passage from Hebrews 2 sets out this humiliation 
in greater detail. Verse 17 says, In order to be our high priest, so that Jesus can represent us, he was made fully human in every way, assuming all our vulnerabilities and suffering. Verse 18 says, Jesus, like us, had to go through the agony of being tempted, severely tempted by Satan. And in verses 14 and 15, we are told that Jesus suffered and died so that those who are held in slavery by their fear of death can be freed. Jesus, the glorious, almighty and eternal God, went through all these unimaginable condescensions and humiliation, and he's not ashamed. He's not ashamed because he loves us with this love that we cannot fully understand, the love that just focuses not on his own rightful place, his status, you know, his glory, but the love that focuses on the lowly, disgraced, and suffering human beings that he loves so much. My brothers and sisters, how does our passage speak to us today? I want to suggest that for many of us, including myself, there might be three groups of people that we are actually ashamed of. And God, through his word, may have a message for us with regards to these three groups of people. The first group of people, or more accurately, the first person we might be ashamed of is ourselves. When we look at our own lives, for many of us, we find much that is very disappointing. I, for one, have many reasons to be ashamed of myself. This is not the proper place to share in detail. <laughs> okay. But when I look at my own thoughts, when I examine my own intentions, when I look at my actions, there's so much wickedness, so much selfishness and so much pride, so many reasons to be ashamed. I wonder whether any of us here also feel ashamed of ourselves. You know, we sin, then we ask for forgiveness, and then the very next moment we do the same sin, we commit the same sin again. Our Christian journey seems to be taking two steps forward and then three steps back. We have let God down again and again, and sometimes we wonder whether God has given up on us. You know, He's so disappointed with us, He has turned away His face in total disgust. Are there also some of us here who at this point in time feel very far away from God? Maybe over time, we have drifted away from God. We have drifted away from our brothers and sisters here in this church. 
We wish from the bottom of our hearts to come back to God again, to rejoin the fellowship of the church. But we are not sure whether God would accept us. My friends, if there are any of us here today who feel that God simply cannot love me because of what I've done, because of who I've become, the message for us is simply this. Remember that first Christmas. Remember the incarnation. Remember that while we human beings were languishing in our sin, in our rebellion, in our disgrace, Jesus, the Almighty God, willingly came to be one of us. Remember what Hebrews 2 says. Jesus is not ashamed to be called our brothers, our brother. He's not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters. Since Jesus is not ashamed of us, let us not be ashamed of ourselves any longer. Yes, we are stiff-necked and rebellious. Yes, our commitment to him is very disappointing. Yes, we have sinned grievously against him by walking away from him. But God has not given up on us. God is not done with us yet. My friends, if you are far away today, will you not come back to Jesus? Come back and tell him how sorry you are and how grateful you are that he still loves you with his unfailing love. Come back to Jesus and submit yourself again to him, to his loving rule over your life. Come back to the one who is not ashamed of you. For the second group of people we might be ashamed of, I invite us now to turn away from looking at ourselves to look at the people around us. Is there someone we are angry with? Someone who has wronged us? Someone who we no longer wish to associate with? Maybe this person has not lived up to your expectations and sorely disappointed you. Maybe, maybe this person has done you wrong, has done you harm. Maybe this person has let you down and betrayed your trust. My friends, I know that this is difficult to take in and I often wish I don't have to preach these kind of messages. But I believe that the second call of God's word for us today is that we should no longer be ashamed of these people. God's word today invites us to open our hearts, to start to forgive these people, to love even these people who have let us down. My friends, freely we have received. May we also freely give. 
Jesus had such good reasons to be ashamed of us, to reject us, to cast us forever away from his holy presence. But he came, he became one of us, he came to have fellowship with us, and he forgave us. Freely we have received. With God's help, may we also freely give. So my friends, will you pray together with me, start to pray in our lives this very difficult prayer, the prayer that God will slowly open our hearts to forgive those who have wronged us. That God in His power will slowly lead us to a place where we will start to wish good on these people rather than evil. Where God in His miraculous power may even create a situation where we can reconcile with them. My friends, Jesus is not ashamed of us in spite of what we have done against him. May we also not be ashamed of those who have done evil against us. We are ashamed of ourselves. We are ashamed of those who have wronged us. We are often ashamed also of a third group of people. And I'm talking here about the people who are different from us. The people whom we sometimes see to be beneath us. The people whom society considers to be inferior to us. We hear so much today about how our society in Singapore is very fragmented. There is this social economic divide where people of different socioeconomic status are interacting less and less with one another. There's also the racial divide, and people of different races are mixing less freely than before. When we keep more and more to our social class and to our racial groups, what usually happens is that we start to develop stereotypes of those people who do not belong to our group. We think they have all these undesirable traits. We consider them somehow lowly and inferior. We try to avoid associating with them. And so it is common to hear in private conversations derogatory comments about people of certain races and nationalities. You know what I mean in private conversations. You know, oh, these people, they are always like that. You know, they always do these kind of funny things. Okay, they are so hopeless. It is common to see people of higher status bunching together in certain workplaces, in certain places of recreation, and even in certain schools. And for those of us who are parents, this has led to us doing everything humanly possible to try to get our kids into these schools so that they can avoid 
the riffraff of society so that they, they can mix around with the right high-achieving crowd. It is common for us to focus our attention on the people that matter, the people of influence in our workplaces, in our schools, among our friends, the people who are useful to us. They can help us advance our career. They can benefit us in some ways. As for those in the background, the cleaning personnel, the security staff, the grab drivers, the delivery persons, we hardly even notice their existence, let alone contemplate spending our precious time and energy to interact with them. My friends, as we look at how we live, have we become ashamed of those who are different from us? People from a different socioeconomic background, people from different, a different race or nationality. Have we become so comfortable associating with people who are like us that we have forgotten that the gospel and the blessings of God are not meant to be confined to our group? Instead of becoming Christ-like, have we become the antithesis, the opposite of Jesus? Jesus' focus was on people outside, the people in need, what he can do for them, how he can be with them. Is our focus only on ourselves, our status, our positions, our privileges, and how we must defend them at all costs. Jesus' love for us has led him to tear down the formidable barriers that separated us from him so that he can be present with us, he can truly be with us in our struggles. Freely we have received. May God help us to freely give. Will we begin to let go of this superiority complex we have against those who are different? Will we also follow Jesus to start tearing down the barriers that separate us from other people so that we can also be with them and journey with them in their struggle? Will we stop being so obsessed with ourselves, our status, our privileges, our in-group, where we start looking for opportunities to share the love of Jesus with those who are different. Jesus, the glorious, almighty, and eternal God, is not ashamed to be identified with us lowly, disgraced, and suffering human creatures. How can we be ashamed to associate with our fellow human beings just because they are different from us? 
My friends, our passage from Hebrews 2 today tells us that Jesus is not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters. With God's help, let us not be ashamed also. Let us not be ashamed of ourselves. Let us not be ashamed of those who have let us down. Let us not be ashamed of those who are different from us. Let's pray together. Dear God, our Heavenly Father, your word tells us today, Lord, that Jesus is not ashamed to call us lowly, disgraced and suffering human creatures, his very own brothers and sisters. And he proved it by coming down from heaven to become one of us on that first Christmas day. And he shared fully in our human condition, even to the point of horrendous suffering, even to the shameful death on the cross. Father, please help us, Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit to respond to this shocking truth in a way which is appropriate, in a way which is pleasing to you. We ask all these in the name of the Emmanuel, the God who is truly with us, our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.